What you talking about, Willis? This is amazing. Just the presence of God, the palpable presence of it's just wow. Listen, don't take this for granted. It's just better is one day in your courts. His presence, we talked about it last Sunday, we preached about it, and here we are living it out. His presence is everything. His presence changes everything. Let's do it, y'all. We're one week away from the Super Bowl. Next Sunday, we're going to dress up casually here. and We're going to wear our jerseys and all that. I'm originally from Pennsylvania, so guess what jersey I'm going to be wearing? Don't hate. So, but the glory of God in here. And then next week, the halftime show and all that, we all watch that stuff, right? And the different artists and all that. I mean, don't say, of course you do. Yes, you do. And... But I just want to just begin right now, like we always begin this part. And it's not an exercise in futility. It's done with great intentionality. I truly believe, and I know some of y'all may go, is that legit? It is. I've seen it. Meaning it's measurable. If we come together, we've been doing it for the past 51 minutes. We're going to do it one more time. And this time we're going to do it in the spirit of the person whose biopic we are dissecting throughout the course of January and February. Joshua. He became famous for shouting at a wall and the wall came down and it's not just oh a shout no it's just that God looks at your faith and the fact that you're willing to raise your volume calling him out to do what others are not doing so when I count the three I just want us to raise the roof I want a noise to come out of Sacramento California that'll shake America listen we're living in crazy times. If you see a balloon over your house, you should question what that means. 99 dust loose balloon. There's different things happening. So when I count the three, I want you to shout like there's nothing in your past that can stop you and nothing in your future that can get in your way. One, two, three, get down that kind of shit. Jesus, worshiping Jesus, praising Jesus. You may be seated, you may be seated. We're going to bite, we're going to go real quick here. Next, we'll continue next week for Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be brief next Sunday so y'all can have time with your families and so forth. But there's a word of the Lord indeed. Occupy the promise. Somebody say, Occupy the promise. The message today is a bit different. It's the following the focus of the promise. What distinguishes us is not what we see. It's what we focus on. It's what you're focusing on. <laughs> you will occupy God's promises when you focus on what others neglect. Number one, focus on God, the promise keeper. Somebody say, God is a promise keeper. We've learned throughout the course of the past few weeks that our God is a God of presence. Our God is a God of power. I'll repeat that. Our God is a God of power. Our God is a God of provision, promotion, and protection. 
Our God is a God of promises. The Bible, God's authoritative word, is clear regarding God's promises. What does God say about his promise? Number one, God does not take his time in fulfilling his promise. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but it is patient towards you. If you understand what this means, if you haven't seen a promise that God gave you, that God made to you come to pass, it's not that God is taking his time, it's that God is waiting for you to be able to manage what he promised you. Wow. Take that to the bank. God's promises demand that we live a holy life. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. You live a holy life, you will occupy God's promises. And in this church, we know that your holiness does not come via the conduit of what you do. It's who lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit makes you holy. All you have to do is submit to his will. Be led by him and you will live a holy life. God is faithful to his promises. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hope back to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Galatians 3, 29. God's promises are yes and 2 Corinthians 1.20. Our God is a God of promises. Because he is a God of promises in 2023, permit me to reiterate, you will not live in darkness or disruption. In 2023, you and your family and the people you love will not live in pestilence or pain, failure or fear, unbelief or unforgiveness. You will not live in lies or lids condemnation or shame, anxiety or depression, brokenness or bitterness. In 2023, somebody say 2023. In the name of Jesus, for the glory of God, as you shine for him like never before, as your life becomes a magnet of God's favor. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. How many believe that this year, your life will not attract devils and demons drama and trauma but in 2023 your life will be a magnet for the favor and the goodness and the mercy of God how many believe this is the year in 2023 as your life emerges as an unstoppable breathing walking talking evangelistic and discipleship platform you will by faith live this year every month every week every day Every hour, every second, living out and occupying all of God's promises. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Focus on the way maker, the promise keeper. Focus on the God of promises. Now, I want you to focus on the true giant. Let me explain the story. We carry, we don't carry generational curses. We carry generational blessings. You, if you're a born-again believer, if not, you will be in 18 minutes. For real. You carry a Joshua anointing. Joshua was a warrior. Joshua was a worshiper. Joshua was a visionary. And these Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-empowered, righteousness-pursuing, world-changer, warrior worshipers and visionaries are the ones that occupy God's promises. So today, we're going to activate the visionary in you. What does that mean? Well, let me explain to you. I invited the 12 spies 
The Bible says that Moses did the following. There's a land of promise. He took God's children out of Egypt, and now they're going in the desert, and they go, there's a land over there. That's the promised land. And he says, I'm going to send 12 spies to check out the promised land. The 12 spies went in. 12 of them, they went in. They actually enter into the promised land. Then they came back with a certain report. I want to illustrate this for you. Help me welcome my 12 spies, please. Coming up here quickly. First of all, help me welcome Joshua and Caleb. Give it up for Joshua and Caleb. And then we have the 10 spies. 10 spies, come over here, please. Very good. 10 spies. Found them. We drove by Fruit Ridge and, uh, and Florin. <laughs> Do you get the Fruit Ridge joke? I'm here all week. I'm just, it's the fruit rich. All right. So the 10 spies, here's a story. This is so cool. I'm going to read it for you because in this church, we are Bible-based. Numbers 13, 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. These guys already went in. They, they returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community, and they reported to the whole community what they had seen. And then they showed them the fruit. Y'all go like this with your fruit. They showed them the fruit. They showed them the fruit that they picked up from Whole Foods and Sprouts and Rayleigh's and Bel Air. And, and as they were, they give the report, the following report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. It is indeed a bountiful country. It is what God promised, a land flowing with. And here is the kind of fruit it produces. This is so good. They literally came out with visible, tangible proof of what God had promised. You'll go get this by tomorrow morning. They actually came back with the fruit, not like a metaphor. No, literally speaking, they came back with fruit. They had it in their hands. And they actually said, the land is gorgeous. I'm giving you different Hebrew exegetical phrases that appear in different translations. The land is generous, bountiful, beautiful, amazing, all of that. It's, the land is great. It flows with milk and honey, just like God promised. Yeah, and look, here's the proof of it, right? But then, there's a but. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? But anybody under 20, Google it. Remember that? House of Rock? Let's go have rock. But they don't, under 20, they have no idea, right? Aren't you glad the bill became a law? <laughs> but the people living there are, but then they, 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 they pivoted. Somebody say pivot. pivot. Nah, they actually went bad pivot. They went, the people, the land is beautiful. The land is great. The land is gorgeous. The land is flowing of milk and honey. And here's the proof, but. The people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. And we even saw giants. All the different ites live there. And by the way, did we tell you there were giants? And then verse 30, Caleb, Caleb, he tried to, he tried, he attempted to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. And Caleb hears him saying, it's beautiful. Here's the proof. There's giants. There's giants. And Caleb says, I'm speaking parenthetically. I'm going to give you verbatim what he said. He, he said, let's go at once to take the land. 
we can certainly conquer it. So this guy comes along and says, who cares? This is the, let's do this, man. Let's do this, man. The 10 spies came back and focused on something differently. First of all, in order to occupy the promise, you must be willing to focus on what others do not. 12 people went in, 12 Israelites stepped into the promised land. They did not just see it from afar. They literally went in. They touched the promised land. They temporarily went in. I'm going to preach to someone right now. They temporarily went into the promised land. They temporarily went in and they came out. Oh boy, this is for someone here. There are seasons in your life where God will permit you to touch the promise. And, and only temporarily in order to see what you tell others about the promise. You missed that. There's a season when God will grant you access, not just for you to see it, but to touch it. And you may even come back with some fruit. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34, verse 8. So let me be real here. Millennial transparency. Generation Z vulnerability. There are areas that I am occupying today. I, Samuel Rodriguez, am occupying today promises that, that I saw a glimpse of when I was 25 years old. You missed that right now. There are lands that God permitted me, this is my testimony, I'm testifying, to temporarily visit years ago when I was 25. But God did not permit me to permanently occupy when I was 25. Because when I was 25, not about an age, but about maturity, I did not have the maturity, the character, or the spiritual bandwidth to manage the promise. You'll get this in a second. Some of, you, some of you saw a glimpse of the promise years ago. Sometimes God will permit you to see the promise and go in for a moment. And not because God likes to tease. Our God is not a teasing God. Our God will let you get a glimpse of it. And he says, do you like what you see? Do you like what you have in your hands? If you permit me to do a work in you, you will occupy this permanent. Y'all didn't get that. If you let God mold your character, if you let God mold your temperament, if you let God mold your thinking, if you let God change your language, if you let God change you, you will permanently occupy God's promises. Oh, one more time. This is only, let me ask, if any of you temporarily grabbed a hold of a promise, but you weren't ready to manage it, and God had to do a work in you in order for you to permanently occupy it. Raise one hand. If you know what I'm talking about. Because you did not have the maturity, the character, the bandwidth. It wasn't God's perfect timing. Or you stood surrounded by the wrong people. I'm going to preach now. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm not that person anymore. Tell them, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not going to temporarily occupy God's promise. As for me and my house, as for me and my house, once we go in, we're never coming out again. Somebody prays like you're never coming out again. This time you're going to go in and you're never coming out again. Oh. 1 Kings 19, 19, Elijah and Elisha, he temporarily put the mantle on him. And then Elisha had to learn and grow. The Mount of Transfiguration was a foreshadowing of the glory of God fully exhibited post-resurrection, Matthew 17, 2. Real quick, I'm teaching now. Your character must be able to manage the calling. Oh, 
Your integrity must always be more important than your influence. Your attitude and your anointing must match up. Your hunger and your humility must be in perfect balance. And you must be surrounded by the right people. If you got this, raise your hands. God will let you for a season get a fruit. Smell it. Taste it. You like it? Do you like it? I sound like Chris Rock there. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you like it? Nobody slap me. I'm just saying, do you like it? And then, then if you like it, let me do a work in you. Because your temperament must match up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a work in you, but you got to give me permission because this whole thing just... You, so, so, he, he, he. They had a physical confirmation. And this is the moment it happened. All right, what's your report? It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Has milk and honey. Here's the proof. And then all of a sudden, here's the moment, the destiny marker, the moment that would define the next years. They all saw the same things. I want you to hear me. All 12 of them saw the same thing. The Bible tells us explicitly they all saw the same things. There are preachers that unfortunately with no ill intention, good people, who mischaracterize what took place here. I've heard it. I've heard this preached. Oh, Joshua and Caleb saw what others did not. That's not true. I've heard that preached time and time again. Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land because they saw what others did not. Untrue. The Bible never says that. The Bible says all 12 of them saw the same thing. They all saw the same thing. They all saw a beautiful land, a land with milk and honey. They brought back proof, and they saw giants too. It was not what they saw. These 10 decided to focus on the giants. The it's what you focus on that will determine whether or not you occupy the promises of God. Am I preaching to anyone here? It's what you focus on. If you, you, if you spend your life focusing on the focus on the giants, if all you see is the giant in front of you, this guy comes along and says, I don't deny the giant. I see the giant. I see the giant. But the giant, I'm going to read it. Numbers 14, he says this. I see the giants. Two of the, Numbers 14, 6. Two of the men who were the land, Joshua and Caleb, they tore their clothes. They got all excited. And if the Lord is pleased with us, what are you doing? Let's take the land. It is flowing of milk and honey. And then he says, listen, do not rebel against the Lord. And don't be afraid of the giants. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. I love this verse. They are helpless. Why? Because they don't have what we have. They have no protection, but we do. I need somebody here to get excited. The giant in front of you does not have what you have. I said the giant in front of you does not have what you have. You have a calling. You have an anointing. You have authority. You have purpose. You have the blood of Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit. I dare you to raise your hands and repeat after me. The giant in front of me 
does not have what I have. Oh, you need to say that with an attitude. Repeat after me. The giant in front of me does not have what I have. I have the blood of Jesus. I have the name of Jesus. I have the spirit of Jesus. I have the love of Jesus. I have purpose in my life. I have a calling upon my life. I have promises that cannot and will not die. I see the giant. I'm not afraid of the giant because the giant in front of me will never be greater than the giant inside of Y'all didn't hear that? Greater is he that is in. Somebody say it. Greater is he that is. Greater is he that is. Greater is he that is. Than he that is in love. Somebody praise like you have a giant inside of you. Lift up your hands. I'm done. It's a quickie. We're done. Lift up your hands. He, he literally said, I see them, but they don't have what we have. That giant can't move mountains. That giant doesn't serve the God that made a way where there was no way. That giant doesn't serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. That, those giants, and Caleb is going like, who cares? Lift up your hands. Because the giant inside of you will always be greater than the giant outside of you. Jeremiah chapter 20 says it explicitly. One version says, the mighty warrior is with me. Another version says, the mighty giant is with me. Another version says, the God that is dreaded by the enemies, feared by my enemies, is with me. Lift up your hands. Stand with me if you're not standing. You're already standing. There it is. But the Lord stands me like a great warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Oh, as you stand with me, I want you to hear me. They don't have what you have. I always want you to remember this. Whatever life or hell puts in your way, that thing in front of you will never have what you have. As you stand with me in this auditorium, right now in America and around the world, in Sacramento and in L.A., our campuses, the same thing is taking place. I would even argue that right now, the majority of people, the majority, that's 17%, by the way. That's a prophetic minority. And with great due deference, extrapolating from the narrative, this is the pathetic majority. The prophetic minority must be louder than the pathetic majority. In this context, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about ideologies and spirits in the world. Teachings and realities. Uh, right now, if you go on social media, if you watch the news, you can definitively confirm the vast majority of people on this planet, unfortunately, even in the church community, arguably, 
are living like the ten spies. Some, the people in the church, I can tell you this. Take your fruits, church about. We have a bunch of people in churches that have fruit but are not occupying the promises. Because they're focused on the what? Even though they have what in their hands? We have a bunch of Christians who have fruit, who are saved and yet not occupying all of God's promises because they're focused on the what? So you could have fruit and still be focusing on the what? of the world and even some I would argue arguably in the church the majority are still focusing on the giant of fear there are giants out there that we can't deny the giant of anxiety the giant of darkness the giant of continual disruption of economic instability of discord of violence of infirmity the giant of divorce the giant of moral relativism the giant of deconstructionism the giant of infanticide the giant of racism the giant of sexual immorality, the giant of perversion, the giant of pedophilia, the giant of idolatry, the giant of pornography, the giant of addiction, the giant of perpetual victimization, the giants in our minds, the giants in our hearts, the giants in our families, the giants in our communities, the giants in our generation, the giants in our nation. Oh, the giants, we don't deny the giants. We recognize the giants are real, the giants exist, but glory be to God. Glory be to God. We will not focus. We will not worship and we will not bow and we will not be driven by the giants in front of us. We will be driven by the giant inside of us. Are there any Joshua's and Caleb's in the house here right now? Let's go at once. Raise your right hand. Can you repeat the words of Caleb? Repeat after me. Let's go at once and take the land. Say it like you believe it. Let's go at once and take the land. Let's go at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. With your hands raised. Let's go at once and see our family saved. Let's go at once and see the glory of Jesus invade California. Let's go at once and become the greatest conduit by which our generation has a living encounter with the risen Christ. Let's go at once and live out the, with the fruit of the Spirit and the ministry gifts. Let's go at once and lay hands on the sick, cast out devils and demons. Let's go at once and set the captives free in the name of Jesus. Let's go at once. Focus on God's Word inside of you. Focus on God's Holy Spirit inside of you. Focus on the glory of Jesus inside of you. With you, for you, and through you. Focus on God's truth and love. On God's grace, gift, and glory. The negative 10 will always focus on generational curses. The positive 2 will focus on generational blessings. The fear-filled majority will always focus on the darkness. The faith-filled minority will focus on being the light. It's called a holy remnant in the New Testament. And that's who we are. A holy remnant. Look up here for a second. I'm done. We are done. You know what Moses and Aaron did? The Bible says this. It's pretty sad. You know what they did? They actually stood when these guys spoke up. He tried to interrupt. And then they both did Numbers 14. 
Moses and Aaron ignored them. Moses and Aaron ignored them. They said, we're not going to listen to you. You are who you listen to. I don't care if 30 people told you you would never see God's purpose fulfilled, but if God gave you a word, Moses and Aaron literally bowed, took off their garb, and bowed before the people, not before God. Never, ever worship people. Never, ever, ever surrender. No, the only one that deserves you to bow and worship, his name is Jesus, and he's the only one. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. Look up here for a second. What are you focused on? We don't deny giants. There are problems that pop up. There are things and circumstances. We don't deny them. We just don't focus on them. We don't give them the attention they want. Because the greater giant is inside of you. 1 John 4, 4. Put that down. 1 John 4, 4. First, it, greater is he than he. And if God be for you, and you are more than a lift up your hands. Why are you here in this auditorium? Why are you streaming? Because the Holy Spirit ordained you. God ordained you to be here to hear this message. Focus on the giant inside of you. And that's not your personality or ego or your wherewithal or your fortitude. It's Jesus through his Holy Spirit. And if you're not born again, that means you don't have a giant inside of you. All you have is a giant in front of you and a giant on top of you. But the moment you're born again, the giant inside of you emerges and grants you perfect victory. Can I pray for you with your hands raised? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, today in Sacramento, California, we literally are experiencing the emergence of a Joshua and Caleb generation, a prophetic minority that will counter the voices of the pathetic majority prophetic minority that still believes there is power in the name of Jesus. A prophetic minority that believes that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. A prophetic minority still adhering to the authority that emerges from your word. A prophetic minority that will not quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. A prophetic minority that believes that the latter glory will be greater than the former. This minority rises up today and we say we will take the land we will occupy God's promises. The giant in front of us will never be greater than the giant inside of us because we have what that giant will never have. In Jesus' name, if you come in agreement with this and you are totally focused this year, if you promise, only if you promise that this year, not even for one minute, will you focus on the giant in front of you. But every single day this year, you will exclusively focus on the giant inside of you. And you will enter, not temporarily, but this time you're not coming out of the promise. Now give God the best shout you've given him his entire name. No, if that's you, high five your neighbor and tell him I'm going in. 
tell them I'm going and thank you, Todd. Thank you, Spice. Thank you.